This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the weekly program Money Talk, we now bring you a discussion on G20 Finance Ministers Meeting. The participants are T K Arun, financial analyst, and Arjun J Choudhury, journalist. In the program today, we'll be talking about the discussions at the G20 Meet of Finance Ministers at Fukuoka in Japan. Mr. Arun, what has been discussed at the G20 summit? Practically nothing very useful happened at the G20 finance ministers meet this time. Major problem facing the global economy right now is the trade war between the US and China and resulting tensions. Plus the geopolitical tensions arising from US sanctions on Iran, which has prevented countries like India from importing oil the way we used to from Iran. The US has sent an aircraft carrier towards Iran. There is some tension in the Gulf of Hormuz. so these are the kind of things that are pulling markets down and the fear of a recession then has its own logic which brings markets down has problems in the financial markets and domestic economies talking about the background in which difficulties are being posed for instance what is happening in iran right now do you think it's really impacting oil prices which is again affecting a nation's bottom line when they import crude so at the margin oil prices are still not going through the roof they are still range bound so there isn't such a big tension there this is because there is a lot of slack in the system if opec the organization of petroleum exporting countries that cartel cooperates production can be easily stepped up to more than compensate for the shortfall from iran so at an aggregate level oil supply is not an issue but the slowing of the world economy because of these trade tensions is an issue one particular threat that the us have been raising against mexico has been averted president trump had said that if mexico did not stop migration from central american countries through its territory into the us then the us would put 5% tariff on mexican goods so an agreement has been reached on this and so at least that particular source of tension is over but the threat against the chinese which will continue till the leaders of china and the us meet at the g20 summit later in this month again in japan produces a meeting and happy outcome from that meeting we can see tariffs going up across the board on chinese imports into the us in which case china will retaliate and we will have a major problem world over president trump has not only targeted china and mexico but also india and indirectly canada as well along with the european union on certain imports where he has raised tariffs and then revised it again what is india's stand on it when it comes to tariff tensions against india specifically what has happened is that the gsp preferences have been removed this generalized system of preferences is a system of zero tariff on a certain category of goods from very low income countries now india actually should graduate from gsp of its own accord so for us it's not such a major issue the fact is that the average tariff on us goods is 2% and 2% is something we can actually make up easily if we improve our logistics within the country suppose an auto part leaves ludhiana and reaches the port in kandla or nyavaseva in between the delay that currently happens can be avoided and minimized we will actually save that 2% additional tariff we face in the us so it's not such a big deal and not only that india is now trying to become a leader of a group of emerging economies and poor countries and india claim that leadership role if it sort of monopolizes the gsp preferences that is meant for the poor countries so we are not so worried about the gsp preferences being removed by the us a trump's stand has been that nations with which it has a trade imbalance including india are nations to be targeted should india be careful for the future India should be but at the same time we have a relationship with the US not only in trade but also in strategic matters in security matters in sharing of intelligence 
you know all these uh, we have been greatly beneficiaries from us cooperation plus us also wants india to import shale oil directly from the us and not rely on other oil importers well where we import oil depends on the price including the freight if us oil is uh, cheap then we will import it. for example reliance imports oil from venezuela which is as far away as the us is so if the oil is competitive in price terms of course why not Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman, what has been her stand at this uh, finance meet at G20? So one specific issue she raised was uh, in terms of economic fugitives. She raised the issue that people like Vijay Malaya or Nirav Modi, they have fled this country, gone to small island nations with very lax immigration and other policies, and from there they have gone on to the UK. So she has raised the issue that there should be global cooperation to prevent economic offenders and economic uh, fugitives from taking refuge in large economies and preventing them from being repatriated to their home countries where they have committed the offense but right now those nations are uh, assessing the quality of the investigation carried out uh, by the nation which is demanding repatriation of those fugitives who have fled the country so do you think argument about investigation being improved so that the crime can be prima facie proved in both the nations is there so these terms of extradition they are not strictly speaking purely based on the merits of the case or purely on the basis of uh, legality there is a certain element of arbitrariness that creeps in for example the uk judges asking us about the quality of the jail in which uh, vijay malaya will be put once he is extradited who will be to inquire about the quality of our jails there is a colonial mindset if somebody commits a crime in this country we are not obliged to give him the in a most comfortable situation once he is in prison it's not for any other agency in any other part of the world to tell us how we to, should treat our prisoners so this is not strictly speaking a legal issue but there are certain legal procedure they have to follow and they'll follow that another issue that was raised was the digital tax meaning tax on companies like google facebook and other digital giants so the us is a little miffed that uh, the europe is now trying to tax these companies india already has tax on them 6% tax which is okay on their revenues and uh, nobody has told us that we should not collect this tax after all it's a very major issue content creators produce content but an aggregator is the one who captures all the tax revenue advertising revenue generated by this content which is very unfair to the producers of this content so the european union now has a law which forces google facebook etc which aggregate and display content to users to share a part of the revenue from the advertising on this uh, content with the creators of the content so ideally perhaps we should also adopt such a policy so that there is an incentive to keep on generating content we have already adopted ifrs accounting standards uh, in the preparation of financial statements adoption of gst so how far are we with global standards or how far are we away from global standards standards are of two kinds one is at the level of the norm in statute on that we are pretty much okay the second is in implementing and enforcing enforcement these norms and observing these norms which is a function of corporate governance so clearly what we are seeing is that in the case of ilnfs in the case of other housing finance companies and so on and so forth governance has been an issue now the government is moving to bar certain audit firms from conducting audit because they are believed to have colluded with these errant companies in hiding certain acts of malfeasance is an issue minister of finance how important is that portfolio when it comes to the operations of central banking operations in the country interest rates 
and the amount of credit which is extended to both individuals and businesses. Finance Ministry doesn't take central banking duties. That is done by the RBI. So there is an institutional separation and uh, both the RBI and the Finance Ministry observe that uh, separation and autonomy. But of course, how much autonomy that RBI will have in its monetary policy is contingent on fiscal policy. If fiscal policy is very lax, then there is so much that the RBI can do with its uh, interest rate tweaking. So macroeconomic policy is a joint result of cooperation and sensible policies on the part of the finance ministry as well as the central bank. And uh, hopefully both of them will actually have the sense to and maturity to cooperate on this. What about foreign exchange management, both in terms of reserves and the exchange rate itself? How does the Minister of Finance discuss these matters so at the G20 summit? No, they will not discuss it at all because these are not matters that the finance minister should be engaged in. Nor should a central bank be actively trying to influence exchange rates because then the charge of currency manipulation will be leveled against this country. Now, one of the problems that the U.S. government has with China is that they feel that China has been manipulating the value of the yuan in order to increase its exports. Now, this probably is no longer justified. In the past, perhaps China might have been guilty of keeping the yuan artificially repressed, but not any longer. In fact, today, the Chinese current account deficit is hardly a deficit. It's close to zero overall. Although China has a huge surplus vis-à-vis the U.S., their trade account worth the Southeast Asian and East Asian suppliers of the inputs is hugely in deficit. So overall, China has a marginally positive current account surplus, which might next year even turn negative. From a fixed to a floating exchange rate, this has been on the table for quite a long time. Now with the trade dispute, the issue is about the trade imbalance, about the loss of jobs, manufacturing, especially from the US to China, offshore outsourcing. There are many other developing countries also accused of that right now. What kind of consensus is there amongst developing nations in this G20 meet of our finance ministers? Basically, it is the US against the rest. And the US is a gorilla in the room and others are unable to do anything about it. In the final G20 finance ministers meet declaration, one crucial phrase that used to be part of the such communication in the past is missing. This part says the trade tensions should be resolved. So the US now is unwilling even to accept a phrase which says the trade tensions should be actively resolved because the US doesn't want its uh, confrontation with China to be a matter of global mediation or to be subjected to the opinions of other countries. It says we will deal it directly with China. If banking and finance comes under the Basel Accord, which is a multilateral agreement, why is it that trade and investment, which is subject to bilateral and multilateral agreements, is so easily being violated by the U.S.? And the other nations, especially developing nations of which India is also one, is not able to counter the pressure imposed by the U.S.? So this is because there is no global legal system which can be enforced. Globally, you have norms. Domestically, you have laws and the laws bite because somebody can enforce the laws. Right now, the World Trade Organization is being seen as a body which is coming to an end. Its dispute resolution system is also being impacted. Three-member panel, which is supposed to be independent, can rule on any issue will come to an end in December this year. So how does a developing nation address this with the industrialized nations in this G20 meet and what is the role of the finance minister? So all the countries save the US, both developed as well as developing, 
together want to shore up the world trade organization it wants the us to remove its objection to appointing people to the dispute settlement panel and appellate body and without such members this system cannot work the key defining feature of the wto which makes it different from the earlier general agreement on tariffs and trade gat is that now there is a dispute settlement mechanism and if that is made dysfunctional by refusing to appoint people to this uh, appellate body and the judicial dispute settlement mechanism then clearly you are undermining the entire rules based system of world trade and but that is what the us is doing there is also the uh, special and differential treatment to developing countries could you tell us what that is and why is it that our minister is fighting so hard for it this is no big deal uh, that is a settled principle in international trade negotiations that developed countries and developing countries will be treated differently we have the ability to have higher tariffs we have the ability to have lower threshold for imposing various kinds of restrictions we have the uh, longer time period for bringing down tariffs so these are special and differential treatment of developing countries as compared to the regimes for developed world countries the us dollar as the preferred exchange rate all across the globe and the single currency for trade really even though there are other competing currencies in the basket of currencies available for traders how does developing nation or a developed nation like china counter this pressure by the us when it comes to exchange rates and the preference for the us dollar so this is a very key question now the us administration under trump has weaponized the dollar it has imposed secondary sanctions on iran which means that no entity which deals with an entity that deals with iranian companies will be able to be part of the new york dollar networks if you are cut off from the new york dollar networks a bank can will become dysfunctional so this way the us is using the ubiquitous use of dollar to impose its will unfairly on the rest of the world so eventually this will give rise to an alternate payment settlement mechanism so the european union is right now trying to create a framework china already has in a small way a system of settling payments without this and a third cryptocurrency based system is under trial this is for settling payments though not for currency but there is no reason why if the system progresses and it uh, seems to work you cannot have currency independent of any particular national government being used to settle global payments so india must as leading nation of the emerging world lead in this uh, process and try to establish a non dollar payment settlement mechanism thank you so much you were listening to our discussion on g20 finance ministers meeting the participants were tk arun financial analyst and arjun j choudhury journalist this program was produced and presented by the news services division of all india radio you may also listen to this program on our website newsonair.nic.in you may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks@gmail.com